everyone. Welcome to Trust the Trail. We are your outdoor guides, Ariane Petrucci. And Scott Jantz. This is episode 77. Should a backpacker take a wilderness first aid class? Absolutely. We are now on Patreon.com. If you would like to support Trust the Trail podcast, please check out Patreon.com forward slash Trust the Trail. We would love for you to be part of our outdoor backpacking community. Plus, you can receive our podcasts early before it hits the world. Another way to support us is by listening to Trust the Trail on the Radio Public app for both iOS and Android. So download it today and listen to Trust the Trail podcast and add it to your favorite library. On this episode, we ask a question, should a backpacker take a wilderness first aid class and why? Through our own experiences and what we have seen on the trail, we share with you a perspective that may persuade you to consider it valuable enough and why it just might change the way you hike. Yeah, it changed the way we hike after we took it. Absolutely. Absolutely it did. So I ran across an interesting survey, and one of the reasons why we wanted to do uh, this podcast is because lately we have seen all kinds of crazy on the trail with people getting hurt, falling off cliffs <laughs> while trying to take a selfie. And we thought that it was important to let's get some information out there on why this may or may not be a good idea uh, to to do. So and beneficial. I, I think there's so much so much benefit in it, and you know we're going to be kind of indulging you through your stories and and how that can impact you out in the wilderness even a very local hike oh yeah oh yeah absolutely because usually the local stuff that goes wrong right Right. (laughs) so um so i ran into the uh some stats and i thought it was really interesting uh this survey was done by a pretty big outdoor website i'm going to post these links on the trust trail podcast dot com site under this uh podcast episode and so you can look at that survey yourself um but i I thought it was really interesting the survey uh talked a lot about the uh about through hiking long distance hiking um on the pacific crest trail and the appalachian trail but i think it really pertains on you know um how important it is um to to be aware um of injuries on the trail so the survey uh uh, the, uh, took 34 out of 84 hikers that took the survey, 34 of them reported that they got off the trail on the Pacific Crest Trail early on because of injury. Um, so, and I thought that was really super important. Uh, 40% of the hikers sustained some sort of injury in the course of their hike um, in the first quarter uh, portion of the trail. And and, and then I thought, wow, you know, that is a high number uh, for, you know, your, your plan, you're planning your dream, you're, you're getting out there, and because of an injury, you're off the trail. And that was on the Pacific Crest Trail. On the Appalachian Trail, uh, the same survey uh, talked about, uh, um, again, um, about 100 hikers. Uh, surveyed on the uh, on this uh, the survey, they too reported injuries consistent with carrying a heavy pack, and these seem to be 
relatively common injuries on all the trails through there are a few studies to confirm this and we didn't even we're not even talking about the search and rescue of and and all the SAR stuff that people and the county rescue that people have to go out on um, in national parks um, another 40 percent of the hikers sustained some sort of injury in the course of their through hike on the AT. So the numbers are almost consistent between both trails. And I thought that was fascinating. That 40% of everybody that goes out there gets off the trail because of some sort of, of injury. Right, right. The stats were not specific as, you know, relatable to the specific types of injury. It didn't break it down into further detail. But injury is injury and, and, and injury comes in all forms. The, the most commonalities in injury seen out on the trail are blisters. It's by far one of the most common factors um, for quickly... Ruining your weekend. Ru- <laughs> ruining, <laughs> ruining you, you know, your idea of this. I'm going to achieve this big, this big fascinating dream of mine. And I find that so crazy interesting because with all the technology that comes with uh, shoe manufacturers, you know, boots, um, running shoes, and they talk about, you know, this new brand of technology that's going to really make you go, um, the, the, the number one injury that takes people off the trail, according to this survey and according to... Uh, the national park uh, stats on search and rescue are blisters. I mean, you're putting so much wear and tear on a daily basis, especially, you know, if you're doing a through hike, it's, it's this constant repetitive um, wear and tear that you're putting on your body in in a way in which you're not accustomed to. Um, So it does make sense. Plus, I mean, let's face it, your feet are everything out there. If you're, I mean, you could crawl the trail. I I don't think you're going to, get very far very yeah, blisters fast. on your hands <laughs> but sure. you know you know blisters are by far the most common in addition to sprain strains cuts burns uh possible shin splints dehydration is a big one and of course allergies though like allergic reactions yep. to situations all things that are found um easily not uh, maybe not easily but all these things should be equipped in your first aid kit um, to be able to handle these situations, it, at least in the interim of getting, you know, That's right. more help. That's right. Right. Yeah. And it's amazing to me on the blister part, that tells me that um, so many uh, hikers and backpackers underestimate just how hard that trail is going to be um, on your feet, whether it's you're going up and down. Uh, terrain um, on the AT or whether you're walking a flat surface and doing you know 18 20 miles a day on the Pacific Crest Trail because the the PCT is really flat in the beginning and so it just goes to show you that you know all the shoe technology in the world doesn't prevent you from getting blisters if your feet are unprepared for your journey which tells me that practice 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 get out there and really toughen up those feet if you're going to go on a long distance this this episode is brought to you by (laughs) right right absolutely (laughs) no but i mean the the reality is there's so much truth in it and these in the majority of 
injuries that you do either come across or you know endure yourself are are very simple basic injuries and this idea of having the knowledge behind you for you know becoming becoming wilderness first aid like aware is it, it takes that treatment of these minor things that that really are so minor in themselves if they were to occur at home but because they're happening further away from assistance and you have to you know push through an injury until you can get that assistance the, the idea of having the knowledge of of how to better equip yourself until you can get that further assistance it, that is so key in it making or breaking you getting off the trail altogether. Oh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. It, and the and the thing is, is that you know you never think it's going to happen to you. Never. You you think oh, like I'm it so happens well to everybody else. <laughs> and I think that's one of the the selling points uh, that we're going to talk about later in taking the class is because you will find out it's not about you. You're not taking the class for you. You're taking the class to be aware of what situation you may encounter on the trail and how to and and what to do about it. So here's a here's a perfect example. Um, uh, Ariane, who is a avid outdoors outdoors person. And she knows what she's doing. Uh, I trust her immensely with anything as far as the outdoors. But we had a bad hiking weekend. <laughs> I would say when, I, I personally. <laughs> quite a few few years ago, um, we just, and we've talked about this before in our podcast. If you listen to some of the podcasts that we've done, yeah. Um, Ariane just had a bad, it was a bad weekend. And I thought I was going to have to do a first date assessment on her because, um, you know, she almost got hypothermia. She... Uh, got stung by a couple bees, and you are allergic to bee stings. Yeah. You took Benadryl and then got kind of loopy. <laughs> and in the process of crossing a river, she smacked her head on a gigantic tree, and she had a big welt on her head. And then, and this is all th within three miles, folks. I mean, you know, <laughs> this is we're hiking back to the car, and and then she got sick. She she physically got sick. And at one point in time, I'm like, oh, dear God, I'm, I'm going to have to lay her down and do a body assessment on her. I think she's going down. But in true Ariane spirit, by the time we got to her car, as her head is welted and, you know, she's loopy, she's like, oh, my God, that was so much fun. Um, but, but when it happens, it happens to the best of us on the trail because you don't know um, exactly what the elements are going to be or, or what happens. And so um, to be aware and to be knowledgeable is really the key to trusting the trail. The more you know and the more you can prepare for, the more you can trust that everything is going to end up being okay. Um, and I know for us personally, when we took our first day class, it really did change the way we, we looked at things and the way we hiked. Yeah, it it did, and we're gonna kind of go over you know some bullet points of of the ways in which it really altered it for us. But 
it, it allows you to become more trusting of your situation. When, when, you have a, when you have knowledge of these things, it really does change the game in so many ways. Um, you know, we had come across, we were doing a weekend hike uh, with some friends of ours, and we were on a pretty populated portion of the AT, and we were going south, of course, everybody else is going north, and we ran into a really large Georgia hiking group. There might have been 15 to 20 um, hikers within that group, and they were pretty spread out, so we kept passing them along the way. Well, one gentleman was hiking by himself. Um, he was separated from the remainder of the group, and he was a little disoriented, and he just didn't look right. And so as we're passing him, he kind of was talking, and we identified through our knowledge that he got stung by several bees. I, I, yellow they weren't, jackets. Yeah, yellow. I was he like, ran into a yellow jacket nest. And lo and behold what he didn't know about himself and what we very quickly were able to assess is that he was going into an allergic reaction for um being stung as 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 much as he was and we were immediately able to stop and treat him and help him and guide him through it and you and know, he that, didn't know whether he was allergic or not. So when we were assessing him, exactly. we were asking him all these questions. We're like, so do you have any allergies? I, I don't know. Are you allergic to bee stings? I don't know. Have you ever been stung by a bee, bee, bee before? I don't know. So we were asking him all these questions and we're like, you know, like, are you out hiking today? You know what I mean? We yeah. wanted to get some sort of answer. He was a little loopy. I think he was scared a lot too well it wasn't only that he didn't but have he didn't. one bee sting he had like five or six bee stings and so it was a pretty severe situation in which he had come with a group but then was alone and and it, again it's very accidental these things happen they happen fast when they happen and you know being able to not only assess yourself in that situation but being able to help somebody else and more often than not it's not going to be somebody from your group. You're going to run into them. You're going to run across them. You know, perhaps it's going to happen to you. These are all things that you are unprepared for. You don't have the game plan to run into this gentleman who's been stung and is now going into some severe allergic reaction. And, you know, the timing of it was, was, was perfect for him. But we were able to treat him solely based off of, one, our knowledge, um, which is the forerunner for all of this. And number two, you know, just what was in our first aid before we could get him assistance. And one of the, the, the whole thing that stirred my desire to say, hey, maybe I should take a first aid class. Maybe I should become a little bit more knowledgeable. I come from a background. My mom was a nurse. I know a lot about you know, first aid to dogs. I know a lot about basic first aid to human. I was on a day hike with one of my closest friends and we were out with our two dogs, just a simple few hour hike, no big deal. We were day packs only, basic first aid kit, so on and so forth. Just your typical, your typical uh, day hike. Um, we had stopped for lunch. She had a can of tuna in which she was holding her dog. Her dog saw something. Her dog was looped on leash around her wrist. 
the dog swung her wrist forward, thus she got a severely, severely deep gash on her uh, palm of her hand, so much so that she ended up with 17 stitches, 17 stitches in one area on her hand. Pretty significant cut. And we were in the middle of nowhere, you know? There, were, there, was, there, were, there was help to be had, but there was nobody around. And being able to figure out exactly what was going on, it was easy to treat it in the moment, but she started going into shock. And that's when I realized that I don't know as much as I need to know to deal with the situation. And in the end, I was immensely proud of myself for how I handled it, how I treated it, um, the steps I took, how calm I was. Um, you know, I got approval from the doctor in the end when we finally made it into the ER. Um, he was pretty impressed with how I had handled it, but it made me think, I really know nothing. I know the bare bones basic. And that really is what drove me to take it is, here I have a loved one, somebody that I care about, and I couldn't help her to the extent that I felt like I should have been able to. And it's situations, accidents like that, that really steer you into this realization that there is a purpose for first aid. Well, absolutely. And those are the things that I know for me um, really changed the way that I thought once, um, you know, once I took the class. Um, I took the class some time ago. And since then, I can't even tell you how many people, um, whether it's boot camp class, whether it's one of our trips, you know, when we went to, we talk about our Iowa Royale trips quite a bit. You remember Brian spraining his ankle. Yeah. Um, on, on a yeah. pretty big epic uh, trip. Um, and by the way, the nearest medical facility was so close. six hours away <laughs> on a ferry boat. And the ferry boat was two days away. So, you know, what do you do? What, what's, what do you do when you run across those things? And the benefit of taking a wilderness first aid class is the clarity on what to do. Not being able to help so to speak but the clarity of what to do to assess what that person needs and i really do think of wilderness first aid class is almost like paying it forward a little bit you know like you're more knowledgeable if you run into somebody else and you're hoping that the person that runs into you has the same education <laughs> you have yeah because it's a different game when it happens to you um, oh, absolutely. And, and but really, we have found that um, we have been able to help so many people on the trail because because of it. Um, uh, we I think we've talked about this on our podcast before. Uh, um, one of the guys um, he hadn't even he hadn't even put on his backpack yet. It we was were, a backpacking boot camp class. It was a backpacking boot camp class. Um, he had. I don't know what he was thinking, but he had taken his little um, knife out, done something with it, put it in his pocket, but he inverted it. So the blade was pointing up <laughs> in his pocket, forgot about it, and then put his hands in his pocket. Yeah. And he goes, uh, you know, he, he brought his hand up and it was bleeding profusely <laughs> at the tip of his it's finger. Not 
It's not funny. What a way to start a boot camp class. And I go, I go, Jimmy, what did you do? And he goes, I stabbed myself in the finger. I go, oh, that's not something you hear every day, you know. So about <laughs> my first question, was this on purpose? So, you know, I, I looked at it, you know, um, I, I knew what to do. We treated it, um, got some antiseptic on there, bandaged it really tight, um, and and that was it. And I told him, I said, Jim, whatever you do, when we get to the river and camp, do not put your hand in the water. <laughs> do not put your hand in the water because now it's an open wound, you know, and, and you, you just want to protect it. I go, do not put your hand in the water. So we get to camp. He's setting up. What's the first thing he does? He goes to the river and puts his hand in the water. I go, come here. <laughs> Come here. So I had to clean it out all over again and, uh, you know, bandage it, treat it. But that's the things that you can do for your fellow hiker and your fellow, uh, you know, outdoors person that, you know, like, you know, 20 years ago when I first started back, I wouldn't have known what to do. I would have said, oh, man, that sucks. You got a Band-Aid. You know, I wouldn't have known. <laughs> You know, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have known. I'm glad that none of you have known the 20-year-old uh, well, twenty year old ghost. But you, but, you know, you don't know. You know, you don't know what you don't know. True. And one of the things that, um, you know, uh, that really changed it for me was when I, I took my uh, I took my wilderness uh, first aid class through National Outdoor Leadership School, Knowles. And the guy that taught the class was the guy that repels from Black Hawk helicopters in the basket to come rescue you off of a cliff. He was kind of a badass, okay? <laughs> um, and so he was telling us stories about him repelling down, helping people. You know, we're like, dude, man, I mean, like, you, man, that's crazy. He goes, well, that's pretty extreme. He goes, that doesn't really happen a lot. He goes, I, I will tell you what happens a lot, though. We're like, ooh, what? You know, we're pretty excited. You know, like, what? What happens? He goes, Cub Scouts. We're like, Cub Scouts? He goes, yeah, I'm a Cub Scout leader. We're like, what? He goes, yeah, Cub Scouts. That's where all the injuries happen. And we're like, Cub Scouts? What, what happens in a Cub Scout? camp you know that requires first aid and he goes yeah the boys uh they're too embarrassed to poop in the woods and go to the bathroom and he goes so three days after they haven't pooped they have these bad stomach pains and they all come to me you know because they know i'm the first aid guy and they go i'm having stomach problems he goes it takes me about 30 minutes to assess <laughs> to understand that they haven't pooped in three days he goes yep happens every year all the time, he goes. Now I just go right to the source. Have you pooped? <laughs> but 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 that's what the knowledge does develop in you. Is the I, I think the biggest thing is is that when you are enlightened by you know having taken a class and and really introduced to the realities of what happens and how your body reacts to these different scenarios um whether it's like severe trauma to just your basic your basic injuries you really start to develop this like this knowledge of knowing exactly what to ask it, it's a critical thinking problem and i and that's why i that's why i thrive and love you know the challenge out there i don't want anybody to be placed at risk but i enjoy the challenge because it's so critical thinking it's a it's a problem that you have to work through and knowing what to look for slowing slowing your process down our natural reactions is to just jump in and help right 
it's it's what we want to do and we just like want to hover over everybody and but figure it's out to know how to help that's it, the key that's the key and that's where your knowledge base really comes in to be able to do a quote-unquote what we're calling an assessment which is what you learn through the program but it's this critical thinking of stopping, slowing down, looking at your environment, looking at the, the, the impacts of what is surrounding you that could have caused the injury. And a lot of times, in your worst case scenarios, the one you run across or perhaps whatever the case may be, they may not be fully aware to be able to communicate. Worst case scenario. And in those instances, it's, it's really very interesting to be able to kind of backtrack from the problem to figure out what had happened well i love that stuff yeah and and so um one of the one one of the big reasons why it changed my hike um and again i you know taken the first time i took this class was years ago but one one of the one of the ways it changed my hike is you know you don't know what you don't know and until you know you run into the the search and rescue people that explain to you well, this is what happens all the time. This is what we see all the time. This is what we have to deal with all the time. And then you think about it and you're like, yeah, you know, yeah, I have seen that or I have experienced that. And one of the cool things about the Wilderness First Aid class that I did not understand when I first took it was the class, the first thing they, the very first thing they teach you is you got to take care of yourself. If you're going to help somebody out, you got to make sure you're okay. So the very first thing that they tell you to put in your first aid kit is rubber gloves. You know, in case somebody, you know, does have a bad case of poison ivy or poison oak, or they are, you know, they've got a bad nosebleed, or, you know, whatever the situation is, you have to make sure that you are okay and i thought that was really different i mean like i was expecting them no you got to run in the scene and but you know do this and do that and you know uh you know be badass from television you know make a splint and be a macgyver cut down a tree (laughs) make a splint you know and but it was they they really are adamant about about that they are very very uh strict on the very first person you take care of before you even touch that patient is you got to make sure you're okay. Well, also making sure that you're not putting yourself in a, an environment in way. or exactly harm's way of perhaps the quote unquote patient or whatever the case may be, like your environment protecting yourself because you don't want two people now with an injury um, or two people unable <laughs> To seek treatment. That makes so much logical sense because, you know, when you see the the big SAR guy that jumps out of the Black Hawk helicopters in the basket, when he tells you, hey, we don't want to rescue two of you. We just want to rescue the one. Like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) That makes so much sense, you know. And so. I mean, you hear it when you fly, you know. You cannot, you know, put your own mask on before helping children. And you're like, what? Right, right. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. It does go against your nature. At first, it does go against your nature. And so um, that was a really good piece of value that, that I learned. And the other piece I think is the most important is the whole reason why um, the Wilderness First Aid class is really important is because the goal of that class isn't necessarily 
to fix it. It's to assess it. Assess it and making and sure having you that education that you can edu you can you take you can take vitals. They teach you you know blood pressure, heartbeat. They they teach you how to take vitals in the field, and you're passing that information on to the first responder. So when that first responder gets there, if it's a if it's a situation where the hiker cannot hike out, um, you are passing on. They teach you how to do it, how to take notes. Sometimes you're writing it on a person's arm, or their jacket, or whatever you can write it on. But when that first responder gets there, you have passed on those vitals, and that's hugely important uh, if someone needs to be uh, helicoptered out or you know, whatever the case is. And I think that was the big value for me. Is the reality check. Is Not only is a reality check, but just make, assessing that patient saying, look, there's two things that are going to happen. Yep. Either we're both going to walk to the trailhead and get to your car, and it's three, five miles away, whatever, but we're going to go. We, we think you can make it. You think you can make it, and I think you can make it. Or sit tight. It's going to be a couple days until the first responders can climb up the 6,000 foot mountain to come and get you. And it's going to be a long time getting back to the car. So you're assessing that situation. And that's really what wilderness first aid class is really all about. It's cuts, scrapes, burns, allergies, the simple things that can take you off your hike, blisters, you know, there's nothing more beautiful than if you have a blister yourself and you're like, I got this, you know, I'm, I got this, you know, I know yeah. how to wrap this thing up. I know how to clean it out. I know what to do. And I have a better than average, average chance, chance yeah. to finish my hike or to assess my own situation. If you're honest with yourself that, okay, I can keep going. I need to watch it. Make sure it doesn't get infected because you've learned that. And I can go on or, yeah, you know what? I, I'm done. I got I got to make it back to the car, you know. And so that's a great thing about it is that, you know, you've got that education under your belt that you can trust the trail even more. Um, you know, I mean, I, I just I, think it's a it, it's a great freeing experience. I, absolutely. And I and it really has dramatically altered the way we pack our pack and and we are much lighter with our first aid kit and perhaps that doesn't sound logical to several um you know you're like well you know more wouldn't you want to pack more but in reality you're packing less because you're not planning for oh i'm gonna run into so-and-so with a broken arm and I'm, I'm going to run into this person with this or what if I do this? And it's all these what ifs again, which is how your pack gets heavier in the long run. And you're realistically with the knowledge that you gain from taking a first aid class, you can really truly reduce your pack weight to a very logical amount of things that are needed in your first aid to be able to get you to the next step of help yeah the 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 sar guy i mean the 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 big dude that repels out of the black hawk helicopters his first aid kit was so tiny he goes that's all i carry and we're and, like what and we you know it's it's funny because goes, when i go backpacking it's just a really small little bag 
And I'm like, what? Well, I so I took my wilderness first aid, uh, you know, not through National Outdoor Leadership School, but through SOLA, which is Stone Hearth Open Learning Opportunities. And it's a great well, organization. Love them. Um, and I was, we spent a huge chunk of the end of the class going through everybody's first aid kits and, you know, chunking, just like literally getting rid of a ton of stuff. And all of a sudden it was like a small little wad that you had to carry. And they're like, this is all you need because not only are you using the resources of what you have with you, not packing extra to accommodate, but using with you, it blew my mind at these are the people that are professional in teaching me what I need. And it really just opens up this mindset to you really are only doing two things. You're either continuing on treating yourself with what you have or you are getting assistance and you're not going to be using your first aid kit if you are actually getting assistance from, you know, a higher um capable resource i would say so it's it's pretty eye-opening and alarming well when we do boot camp you know we've seen first aid kids um it's almost like a suitcase i mean it's <laughs> like you're gonna perform surgery out here yeah, like what do you i hope not you know, i brought a scalpel <laughs> just in case i need to i mean you know it well, it's, it really cuts down like the idea of what do you really need and what really happens out there what, that's a thing that's and then once you learn what really does happen on the trail as far as search and rescue as far as injuries, then you think, well, okay, the multiple, the, the majority of injuries are the cuts, scrapes, burns, allergies, you know, things like that, that are, when you look at that medication in your first aid kit, it's nothing. Then you put your rubber gloves in so I can assess somebody else. If you're assessing somebody else, I can guarantee you there's a high probability <laughs> That they're going to need a first responder. Yeah. If they are laying on the ground and you are assessing an injury. That's bleeding out. That's bleeding out. Well, well, that is a broken leg or blown knee happens a lot. You know, if you are assessing that injury, odds are there's going to be nothing in your first aid kit that's going to help them other than ibuprofen or Tylenol. Or something to make them feel comfortable while first responders get there. And so that's, you know, that now becomes, you know, kind of like, okay, uh, what do I need in my first skate, first aid kit? And, and Ariane and I will be the first ones to tell you after everything we've seen on the trail, after all of our experiences, the best way to treat an injury is to prevent it. Mm -hmm. And so if you plan and prepare and you understand what what could happen, what might happen, you want to plan and prepare, but you're not packing for the kitchen sink. Again, the survey says, I feel like, you know, the game show. The survey <laughs> says top three reasons why people get off of the trail. Um, it's because of injury. And so what causes injury? Blisters, okay, number preventable. one. Preventable. In most cases. In most cases. So how do you prevent blisters? Practice, don't put shoes on, and then go hike the trail a day after you've bought your new hiking shoes or your trail runners or your hiking boots. 
practice with your socks. You know, practice, practice, practice before you go out on that weekend or that three-day, four-day, that multiple-day or a through-hike um, on the PCT or the AT. So give yourself a better-than-average chance not to get a blister. Practice. If, if Glide works, use Glide. If Vaseline works, that's great. If your brand of socks work, use your brand of socks. If you have to hike in tennis shoes and you don't get blisters on the trail with tennis shoes and everyone's telling you you need to buy a 300 pair of boots, then wear your tennis shoes. I mean, that the whole key is, you know, like, you know, you have to know who you are and that we talk about that all the time. We've done several podcasts we did. on how to prevent injury. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I I was just gonna say, if I recall, episode fifty seven was "May Your Gear Be With You," and it's it's about you know getting accustomed to your gear, but that 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 goes with your shoes, it goes with everything, but also you know episode twenty three, getting personal with your first aid kit. We don't want to say reduce it to the point where you're not putting something that in there that is personal to you in regard to how your body reacts, how you know your necessity. I'm allergic to bee stings, you know, multiple bee stings. Yeah, it's, I'm going to be putting a lot more in my first aid kit. It's going to be bigger. It's going to be heavier. But it's also my safety net. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. It, it, you know, lightening the load. You know, look at your pack weight. You know, if your pack weight, you can be really, you can be really fit. You can be really in shape. Um, you, you know, may be a long distance runner. You maybe think, well, I haven't gotten blisters in years. I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go a month. I'm going to go 30 days on the, on the PCT or the AT. The fact of the matter is, is that once you start doing ups and downs, elevation gains and losses, putting all that weight on your hips, going down a steep hill, all that weight on your knees, and you decided not to bring hiking poles. So the brunt of that weight and, uh, you know, your knees are, you're taking those shocks, um, you know, it, it's a different situation. And, you know, one minute and your pack is really heavy. So you packed way too heavy. So all of that strain, all of that, that nuances that you haven't experienced before, the next thing you know, the, a long distance runner who's fit, who believes that they, you know, can uh, hit the terrain, they realize that, oh, I'm, you know, I'm in bad shape. And even the the long distance record holders who have ran the Appalachian Trail, you know, one of the things that they had to deal with were blisters. Episode seventy seven, the blister episode. <laughs> yeah, we should. <laughs> we could talk all day about it, but you know, I, I these are these are just anywhere from basic to more extreme injuries, and having having your wilderness first aid education or you know you can forget everything about your wilderness first aid class again it's good for a small amount of time and it's always good to continuously renew that and keep yourself up to date but having this basic knowledge it just it comes back to you in the moment and it's it's so I personally feel like it, it, it changes the way you hike. It changes the way you trust the trail. It changes the way you trust in your abilities and your and your capabilities of coming across situations. It's highly, highly suggested. It'll make <laughs> that you, it becomes it will part make you a better you backpacker. Yeah. I think it makes you a better uh 
a steward for your fellow backpacker and your fellow hiker. Um, you know, we the whole podcast is about trusting the trail. And, you know, the more information you have about going out there and being and feel and feeling confident about where you're going and and uh, your experiences, the more you can ultimately say, you know what, I got this. This is okay. Well, it's funny because we just got a a review on iTunes uh, this week um, from somebody who we believe is part of our Trust the Trail podcast community. Um, And it's about building confidence and she talks about how the podcast has developed confidence in, in her hiking and yeah it's it's absolutely wonderful uh coast guard mom thank you so much for the review yeah it was it's really all cool about confidence it was all about confidence and that's what really it's all about is you know being able to assess what the situation is is it is it bad is it okay is it can we get through it you know and it's and that's really I think in the wilderness, they call it assessing the situation. In life, they just call it being more aware. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, the more you're aware of your surroundings um, in life, I think, you know, the better you you have a better than average chance, you know. Um, And we were kind of like, I, I think, you know, this week was or last week was really crazy with just reading story after story about you know, accidents that are happening on the trail now. Um, and, you know, you know, you can you can have all the knowledge in the world, but if, if you're not self-aware, I guess if you're walking towards a cliff backwards trying to take a <laughs> selfie, um, don't, don't do that. Don't, 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 don't we, do that. We do not, we cannot assess that situation, you know? <laughs> and so, you know, I think the more education you have, I think that in the end, it, it just, it just makes you, I think it just makes you a better backpacker, you know, and there's not there's there's no more of a beautiful feeling than helping somebody that needs help on the trail. Like, you know, our beasting guy, you know, that happens. We see that a lot. That happens a lot. That's the worst thing we've seen on the trail for sure. But he was pretty scared. I mean, he he had the look on his face like, you know. I dude, I, I I think I just walked into a hornet's nest. And we're like, no, literally, you just walked into a hornet's nest, you know. Um, and you know, he didn't know, and so I think he was waiting for the worst, hoping for the best. Yeah. And yeah. so, and the thing is, is that this was a pretty large hiking group in uh, northern Georgia. And when we asked the other twenty people, like, well, does anybody have their wilderness first aid? The leader of that hiking group said, no. What? what what's that you know and so you know in our opinion sometimes if you're going to lead groups of people whether it's day hiking or your club or you know whatever whatever that is maybe it's a good idea to take your wilderness first aid class i would say at the bare minimum be aware of the realities of what can occur um and 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 logically prepare yourself for you know the realities the of what stuff. the the simple stuff the realities of what do occur um they don't call it the wilderness you know they, it's not it's not your everyday you know inside your house going to work and back and forth it you know it, it, you're you're 
aka by defining wilderness, you're far more remote than you normally would be. Yeah, and by uh, the way, it just yellow- makes it harder to get to assistance as quickly as you may need to. Yeah, and by the way, yellow jackets, um, they will chase you down the trail. Yeah. I mean, they are. <laughs> You should have seen me <laughs> after we treated them. I was like, okay, where we had to walk is through. it again? We had to walk by the same nest, by the way. I was like, where am I going? <laughs> yeah. I um, A funny story before we uh, wrap this podcast up. Um, it was in summer, uh, summer, fall, and I... I put on every possible, every possible layer that I had, including um, a rain jacket. I was sweltering, but I was hell-bent determined to not get stung. <laughs> so, but anyway, um, thank you to our Patreon uh, users, uh, uh, Patreon uh, subscribers. I'm very thrilled that you've become part of our community. Uh, surely not. Uh, Jerry Bertelson, Rick Horneck, and Chuck Walsh. Um, always a huge thank you and appreciation to you guys for supporting the podcast in a monetary yeah. way. It allows us to be able to do more for you. And Podcast 78 will be live on our Patreon page. 78 is going live for our Patreons. Absolutely. Very our pod- exciting. Our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, and now on the Radio Public app both for iOS and Android. Remember, you can support Trust Trail on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Trust Trail, and where we'll be going live next um, next Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. These weeks are flying by, I by know. the way. Flying by. Really appreciate it. Thank you for the beautiful comment on iTunes. If you enjoy this podcast, please go to iTunes, give it a review. It really helps get our podcast out and spread the word. We really appreciate all of you guys, and uh, we will we will see you next week. And remember, trust trust the trail. the trail. Bye, you guys. Bye.